our hands together for the Lord. Together again, just praising the Lord. We're together again. Praising the Lord. 
many come to praise the Lord a little bit this morning? How many happy in the Lord? Amen. The Lord done something good for you today. Amen. He woke us up and started us on our way. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord another hand. Amen. 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 Brother Luther, you come. Amen. Amen. Let's open the service in prayer, my brother. Let's play a little bit of How Great Is Our God. God bless you this morning. I'd like to do a special prayer for Brother Don Jackson. He's, I don't know if any of you know it, but he's struggling with shingles. He's fighting against shingles. I wouldn't say he's struggling, but uh, shingles can be pretty painful. It's not a pleasant thing at all. Um, you know, I had a great time with my son here over the Christmas holidays and stuff. He went back home. He kind of got a little low. Um, just want to keep praying for him. You know, the devil's fighting. I mean, God did a great thing for him, and the devil's like, I didn't like that. Amen. So we just want to continue to hold him up. If you have a request upon your heart this morning, loved ones, anything. You know, that Sunday school lesson, you just want to be everything he wants you to be. Just like Paul said. Just like Brother Branham said. Just like the God said. Amen. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let's pray. Father, I love you this morning, Lord. And Lord, I just have a, a burden, compassion for my brother Don, Lord. Shingles can be a painful thing. So we raise a standard of the name of Jesus Christ for our brother this morning. I pray that you would help him. Lord, by your stripes we are healed, and you are the God that heals all of our diseases. We claim this word for our brother Don this morning, Father. Remember my son, Father, I know the token is on display and there is nothing that can shake that. That goes for each and every one here, Lord, that has that token on display for their children. They are our inheritance. We claim it, we will not waver, we will not back up because it's a promise and it's unmovable and unshakable. I thank you for your grace to us today. So far, the service, the wonderful time we have. Just looking for a time of fellowship, Lord. And one of these days, Lord, it'll never end. What a joyous time that will be. Pray that you will bless the tithes and offerings, bless the cheerful giver, Father. Help each and every one, those that are streaming. Lord, we just need more of you, Father. I love you this morning. I thank you for your grace and mercy. Have preeminence today, Father. Speak to our hearts. Do great things as you always do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How great is our God. And all will sing how great, how great is our God. How great is our God. God the 
just worship the Lord a little bit. Great is our God, the splendor of a king. The splendor of a king, clothed in majesty. Let all the earth rejoice. All the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light. Darkness tries to hide. Trembles at his voice. Trembles at his voice. How great, how great.
sometimes it's good to have a breakthrough. be seated, amen. We're going to get Sister Sarah to give us a song, amen. Amen, Sister Sarah, if you come, amen. Sister Emily, will you be joining her, amen. Let's give them a hand, amen. his home when the doctor shook his head and said she's gone you could feel that father's heartbreak you could hear them crying lord their little girl was only 12 years old then somewhere in the distance outlined against the sun there came a man on a mission from the throne. They said, look, somebody's coming. But what they did not know, it was their promise yes. coming down.
His heart was broken, mine was mended. He became sin, now I am clean. The cross he carried for my burden, the nails that held him set me free. His life for mine, His life for mine. Oh, how could it ever be that He would die, God's Son would die, to save brought me healing. He spilled his blood to fill my soul. 
ready for the word. Amen. Amen. Let's get the Lord a hand. Amen. Amen. I believe the atmosphere is set for the word. Let us uh, let us stand. Amen. Sing a little bit. I saw the Lord. Amen. I saw the Lord, and He answered me and delivered me from every fear. Those who look on Him. Are radiant, never be ashamed, never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard me and saved me from my enemy, the Son of God. Surrounds his saints never he'll deliver them say magnify the Lord with me come exalt his name together glorify the Lord
He's worthy of that, isn't he? My, he's worthy of more praise than we could ever give him. My goodness. We're going to invite you right to the scripture this morning. We'll greet you in the name of the Lord. We're going to go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. <clears throat> Amen. I want to welcome some visitors here with us. God bless you. Happy to have you here today. Amen. Some different other ones. Good to see Brother Josh in town, homeboy. Amen. Praise the Lord. Happy to have him here today and all of the different ones. Amen. Some out of town also. Uh, see, I, I didn't know if the, the guys would be here. I know Brother George, Sister Andrea, they're in Florida, so I guess uh, Caleb and Josh, unless I'm staring at them. <laughs> Amen. And other different ones <clears throat> out, <clears throat> out of town. So I uh, just want to be remembering them today. You love the Lord? Amen. Are you still a, as much a Christian this year as when last year ended? Oh my, praise the Lord. I say I'm not only as much, but I want to go higher and higher, deeper and deeper, closer and closer. Amen. In the presence of the Lord. Amen. Had a wonderful time. I got to see some video clips last night. Uh, Brother Diggs um, with the young people. Was that last night or Friday night? Friday night, very good. And then I think last night they had a, were you, were you surprised? Yeah. <laughs> Amen, praise the Lord. So uh, Big Dog had a birthday, and so I told him, I said, according to Brother Joel Forney, you can call a man a dog as long as you call him a big dog. <laughs> Amen. So uh, we wanted to wish him a happy birthday. <clears throat> sure love Brother Aaron and his wonderful family. Amen, praise God. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. I want to begin today uh, with part two of the spirit of lawlessness that we started on with our, our first Sunday into the new year and want to look uh, at continuing on. Praise the Lord. First, Second uh, Thessalonians chapter two. <clears throat> Let's begin at verse one. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. <clears throat> Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition." who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped <clears throat> so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So this is quite a, a trick of smoke and mirrors Amen. that the devil is able to pull off. You'd think this is impossible. How could anyone mistake Lucifer for the true God? But actually, he's going to sit right in the temple of God. In other words, you know, we know that the Bible shows us that our, in our flesh, our bodies are the temple of the Lord. So he's going to sit right, that was his desire, to sit in the congregation. Remember that? So, so this is shocking that the prophecy is telling us in no uncertain terms that at the end time, the whole Christian world except for those who it's impossible to deceive. Amen. 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 Everybody else is going to get duped into believing 
that they're worshiping God and pleasing God and all the time they're worshiping the devil. That, that's mind-blowing. <clears throat> and that's, that's really what, what causes the age. That coming to pass is why in the Old Testament it was called darkness and gross darkness on the people. So actually the, the evil in the world, the, the man's, man's mind is, is even worse. And the only way you can get worse than evil is to worship evil. Amen. Friends, to those who it's impossible to deceive, to those who are predestinated not to fall, I say to you, shalom, good morning. Oh, let the sun of righteousness rise in our midst today. We're a great, grand, privileged people to believe and see and hear what we see and hear. <clears throat> there is a great spirit of lawlessness in the world. Amen. Let's bow our heads. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for this word and feeling your anointing speedily. We're very grateful to you for that. And I pray now that you will break the bread of life to us. Lord, as you have <clears throat> opened my heart to it, I pray I'm able to convey it, Father. I commit it to you. Give us sharp minds. May we just now, Lord, <clears throat> capture our minds, Lord. We dismiss the cares of yesterday and the plans for tomorrow. And if tomorrow even arrives, Lord, why, why should we worry about it? As you said, sufficient is the day. Lord. And so we don't even have a guarantee of tomorrow. Why would we, surely we wouldn't sit here at the moment of eternal life, hearing the word of God and be thinking about uh, something that may not even come. Lord, and uh, whatever happened yesterday can't be undone. So all we can do is appeal to your grace today. <clears throat> we commit ourselves into your hands for the word. Give us hearing hearts, we pray in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you, friends. You can be seated. Staggering prophecy that Paul is laying out here, <clears throat> and how that <clears throat> his uh, you know he's saying now we beseech you brothers so, brethren so so this is a, a kind of a power word that Paul is using to say hey I'm making a big point I, I I'm earnestly saying this I'm not just casually I beseech you I implore you I appeal to you. You know, pay, pay close attention because we're, we're, we're going to speak about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together unto him. I mean, Paul could not preface the principle he's about to make and the prophecy he's about to give. I don't think he could build a better platform to get the bride's attention. To say, listen, what I'm about to say is relevant to the coming of the Lord. Is there anything in your Christian experience more important than that? See? So Paul is saying, he's saying, I'm, I'm going to establish this upon, we're going to talk about the coming of the Lord and our gathering together unto him. Not, we're not just going to come to church. There's coming a day, friends, when the dead in Christ are going to rise. We which are alive will be changed. And in a month or so, meet the Lord in the air. This is a gathering together unto him. There's nothing more paramount. There's nothing more important. There's, there should be nothing that occupies your Christianity more than press 
pressing toward that mark of that prize of that high calling. Is that a fair statement? So there could be nothing more important than I mean, if, if you think about how Paul is capturing our attention, does, I mean, if, if you're just listening to Paul and you don't read the next verse yet, you're going, wow, oh, he's getting ready to make an enormous point. Wow, let me pay, pay attention. Everybody be quiet. Hold on. Paul is getting ready to say something about the coming of the Lord, about my gathering together unto him. Children, sit still. Everybody, patient, here it comes. Get ready. See? Don't be shaken in mind, huh? Or troubled. You mean, Paul, what are you saying? What Paul is trying to tell you is that there's coming something at the end time, at the coming of the Lord, just before we gather together. There's coming something in the world that shakes the mind of men. And Paul is saying, don't you get caught in that. Not by any means. Don't, not by by spirit, by word, or even a letter from us. See, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except they're coming. Here's a big one. There's going to come a falling away first, and that man of sin Amen. is going to be revealed the son of perdition. So this man of sin, the ESV, which we're going to look at quite a bit, and I don't think they have it in the back uh, but I'm, and so it's okay, but I'm going to, Gideon, if you can secure the ESV translation, fine, don't worry about it if you can't, but uh, I'm, I'm going to read it to you, and you're going to see how many times Paul is going to use this word, and it's, uh, in the King James, it's most often iniquity, because that's a, that's a really bad sin, because that means you actually knew better and did it anyway, see, and so, and so, or you knew what God was telling you to do, and you refused it. My, and that just, it takes my breath away. I said, Lord, don't ever let me be guilty of that. Brother Branham said, I would rather face God as a sinner than face him as a hypocrite. I mean, that's a mouthful from a prophet. I'd rather face him as a sinner. But whatever I do, don't face him as a hypocrite. Don't sit in the house of God year in, year out and just be a hypocrite. You're coming here to receive life. So I say to you, receive life. Receive all that God has for you and don't hold back and don't hinder him. Because the only, the only person that has the authority in creation, the only person that has authority to hinder God from helping you is you. And that's a delegated authority from him. He set his kingdom up in that way, that he wouldn't force himself on you, that he, he implores you to open your heart and open your mind and cast down vain imaginations and bring every thought subject to him. But he won't force you to do that. See, he says to you, he pleads with you, let the mind which was in Christ be in you, but he won't jam it in there if you block it. He, 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 go, he, he has the apostle Paul to write to you, to, to, to the believers, and says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. How about it? Come on. How about it? Here's a good idea. Allow. Amen. 
Permit, you believers, permit the word of God to dwell in you, not casually, not mediocrity, but let it dwell in you richly. See, there's where your free moral agency resides. You're saved through faith by grace. See, but now when it comes to your to your overcoming, that's why Brother Brandon, when he would go, he would go to the book of Philemon and he would say, you know, there, Brother Brandon would talk about all the, the how that Paul started all of it, started his letters. And he would he would say, Paul, Paul, you know, a servant. Uh, of Jesus Christ, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, not by the will of man, you know, and, you know, Paul, and, and you know, have all these different ways of starting his letters, Paul, an apostle, Paul, a servant, Paul, you know, a minister for your sake, but when he comes to this book, he says, Paul, a prisoner, and now, there's other places where Paul talks about being a prisoner. Brother Ram's not suggesting that's the only place. He's just saying, as far as opening a letter, he's starting a letter. Paul is the only place he says, Paul, a prisoner. And Brother Branham says, to be, a, to be a servant of God, to be an apostle of God, that's just, that's God's choosing. God has to call a man to that. He says, but to be a prisoner, that's you. That's your choice. That's you making that decision, see. So, so God called him to be an apostle. God called him to be a minister uh, to the Gentiles. But Paul had to elect to choose to be a slave, to be a prisoner. Yes. See, so <clears throat> we find that in this age that's coming, this man of sin is to be revealed. He's the son of perdition. So now here is where we I don't know if it's the last point I made in part one, but we were making the point to you somewhere, I believe, near the end, if not the end, of how that, that you know, in the Old Testament, there were all kinds of prophecies that the, that the text on parchment written by chroniclers and prophets, that that text migrated and it became flesh in Jesus. And so, so there was a migration, see? And so when Jesus is getting ready to go away and he says, now a little while the world won't see me, but you'll see me for I'll be with you even in you. That became a text and they even, even wrote it down. The, 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 the writers of the gospel put that on paper. But on the day of Pentecost, that paper word migrated to become flesh. And I'm not talking about when it got put on paper. I'm just simply making the point that in the upper room, that prophecy that came out of the words of our Lord actually went to a migration until it became humans. So now here Paul is talking about the end time, the kingdom time, the gathering time, the coming time. And he says there's a man of sin that's going to be revealed. In other words, revealed means to be uncovered. See, that, that's what the book Apocalypsis, the book of Revelation means. All right, now that microphone is already there. I'm not about to create it. I'm just going to reveal it. I'm going to uncover it. See, and so he's saying that because the spirit of lawlessness, you're going to hear in a minute, the spirit of, of lawlessness, this man of sin, this antichrist spirit doth already work in the church. But I'm here to tell you at the end time, at the kingdom time, at the coming time, just before we gather 
these words, this man of sin must be revealed is going to migrate to flesh. There's going to be a migration from the page. The, the text is in migration. It's being materialized. I say, why is the world in such a shape? Because this text is being materialized in real time. And it's happening right around you and it will be more materialized tomorrow. I think it would do good for us to remember that the things of the world are an antichrist spirit materialized. You just remember that. The next time you're giving too much carnality to the modern world and all of its entertainments. Think about that, young people. Next time you've got your computer in your hand and you're scrolling through all of its stupid nonsense. You're, you're looking at the man of sin being materialized and he's trying to, ma- to materialize inside of you. Just like the word is trying to become material inside of you. There's a, there's a man of sin trying to become material. To sit in the congregation, to sit in among the saints and be counted as a worshiped being. I think that's powerful. Say, is it so bad? All right, let's see how bad it is. This man of sin who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God. So now put that on your list. This spirit trying to materialize itself in you, it's trying to go from text to flesh. And that which is trying to go from text to flesh opposeth and exalteth itself against God. So now, you decide what you want to feed on. You think about that next time you're feeding on it. Brother Chris and I were talking today about, we were talking about the judgment striking the West Coast. He was showing me a headline and I was just, I pitched him a quote where Brother Ram talks about judgment on the West Coast because God's going to sink Hollywood. He's going to sink and he's going to sink it for hundreds and hundreds of miles in circumference around it. It's like, it's like in the days of the Old Testament when, you know, when, when these men rose up, when Korah and Dathan rose up against Moses. And God said to Moses, tell the people, you know, identify yourself. Whoever is on the Lord's side, get over here near me quickly. And whoever's not, just stay right there near Korah and Dathan. And so arrogant was Korah and Dathan that they literally walked out in their tent door as if daring Moses. Let's see what kind of power you really got, prophet. Now that's bad enough because the earth ended up opening up and swallowing them alive. But that's not the sad part. They got what was coming. But what's sad is their families and their children and their wives and the people who they loved went down with them. So let me say to parents today, whoever's on the Lord's side, gather under the word. Hallelujah. Forsake these worlds, this world for your family's sake. If you don't love yourself enough to be spiritual, love them enough. So we find then that now, so I'm going to read this in the ESV that we just read these first four verses of 2 Thessalonians 2. 
He says, now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed either by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no man deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first. And the man of lawlessness, he's a man of sin. See, the King James says this man of sin This man of lawlessness is revealed. Can you give me a little further description? Sure. The son of destruction. So who, say, Brother Jason, who is controlling the world? The son of destruction. See? Who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God proclaiming himself to be God. So we find that this spirit of lawlessness in the world today and this was a real burden on my heart in part one too because you remember that we read in, in Joel's prophecy that everything that this lawless man for 6,000 years from Genesis has robbed God's family. He has taken peace whenever he could from God's family who were entitled to peace. He's taken health from God's family even though they had Jehovah Jireh. They had Jehovah Shalom. They had, you know, a a provider. They had Jehovah, Jehovah Rapha, the healer. They had the captain, they had, they had the, the warrior king, they had Sitkanu, they had all of these. They were entitled, they were in, an entitled people in the earth. They're actually the only ones who were. The whole world, you know, it's amazing to me that the whole world, you know, wants all kinds of things given to them. And, you know, and, I, and I'm not, not at all subtracting from the inhumanities that people have been treated. You think about the Native Americans and what they've went through at the hands of, of the white man who's the rascal. Yeah. And history is replete with abuses <clears throat> of, of minorities. And, but, you know, to, to the Native Americans, and they, they make all these claims about their land, and you, this is my land, and you, you've taken my land. Well, I only know of one piece of land in the whole earth that actually people have a title deed to it. And that's Israel. Abraham and his descendants are the only one, if you care about what the creator did, they're the only ones who the creator said, here's a section of land, I'm going to give it to you. Now I get civilizations and people migrated and took over lands and then stronger people came in and took it. That's, That's the cruelty of sin. You're not going to, there'll be no peace till Jesus comes. See, thank God for a millennium. But we find that this one was always trying to come in and take the treasures of God's love from God's family. He's still trying to do it today. Rest assured, friends, as much as you love the Lord and you come to church, and I hope you do, and, but, but just understand this, that Satan is always trying to take it from you. And that was the beauty to me of Joel's prophecy that the Lord said, when this lawless one has run his course, I've let him run his course. He that letteth will let. I'm going to allow it till I get taken out of the way. Lord, you're going to get taken out of the way. How's that going to happen? My bride's going to go in a rapture. 
So you're saying you are your bride, correct? She is him. And when she goes, all the grace for the Gentiles and mercy and blood go with her. And then the Gentiles are plunged into, and there's nothing left but judgment. And so I, I, I loved the prophecy because it talks about at the kingdom time, which is what I've been really zeroing in on. We're at the time of the, of the coming kingdom. I've read you the quotes out of the seventh seal where Brother Branham said it's, been, it's already been happening all around. It's been happening all week. I was waiting to see if my church would catch it. You didn't. You missed it. But it's okay. You weren't supposed to. And that's how we were explaining last time that it was the infancy of the bride, her infant age, that she didn't catch it. And, and, and an argument ensued for a decade and a half, almost two decades after the prophet's gone. Is the, are the seals even? Is the seventh seal open? Well, if it's not, none of them are. And this is what we've learned in the sermons after the seals and having 60 years to grow into a mature bride. And now it's uncontested. We realize that, and the, and the problem, the reason people couldn't see it and they, they questioned it is because it took us a while to realize that the opening of the seventh seal was a happening behind flesh of his bride. That it was the mighty God unveiled. And when you unveiled the mighty God, you unveiled his bride. You unveiled his body. No wonder you're a believer. No wonder you can't get away from it. No wonder you love it. Because you're part of it. You're, listen, this is not a false statement. God's elect lady is just as much a part of God as this is. It's all the same substance. That's what the devil don't want you to believe. And even if you do believe it, he's trying every way to get into your business to keep you from enjoying it. He's trying to corrupt and pollute you and keep your mind so carnal in the things of the world that you never even get to enjoy. Live out your whole life here as a believer. Overcome the deception, which is, which is the requirement of the age. There's no other requirement upon us just to overcome the deception of the age and see the word of God and say amen to every word. Doesn't mean we can always perform it. God's gonna have to perform it, but I'm gonna believe it. And I'm gonna pray and ask him, Lord, take whatever means necessary. Bring me to it. See, this lawless one has no, no hesitancy to try to get you to disbelieve the word of God. He'll lie right in the face of God. You think he won't lie to you? Psalms 109, Psalms 109, uh, catch these first seven verses. Hold not thy peace, O God of my praise, for the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful are opened against me. They have spoken against me with a lying tongue. Now this is David, this is a messianic psalm that's gonna refer to the Lord Jesus when he comes They're going to hold a trial and they're going to lie on him. Okay. Verse two, for the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful are opened against me. They have spoken against me with a lying tongue. This happened at both of his trials. It happened 2,000 years ago at his trial and it's happening today. When a prophet gave him a new trial, said he didn't get a fair trial. I'm going to give him a new trial. Hallelujah. And the prophet defended him, but finally has to come back around again after he proves, after Brother Branham proved unequivocally that the word can be trusted.
fasted and they still rejected it and he said very well then in the presence of the judge with prophetic authority I indict this generation not a church not a denomination an entire generation I indict you as guilty for the second crucifixion because again you're telling lies you're telling the world things like it doesn't matter how you live it's only what's in your heart you're telling the world all kinds of false teaching. You're telling women they can do this. And when the Bible forbids it, men can do this. When the Bible forbids it, ministers can live like this. When the Bible's clear, all kinds of perverted lifestyles are okay. That's a lie. Say, oh, it don't matter. Oh, it matters. It matters. Verse 3, they compass me about also. This is the day and hour you live in. This is the second. This is at his second coming, just like it was at his first one. They compassed me about also with words of hatred and fought against me, look at that, without a cause. That fourth verse just, for my love, they are my adversaries. But I give myself unto prayer. They despise them that do good again now and they have rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. You know, those who are condemned at the judgment bar will be justifiably condemned because they refused the love of the Son of God. They didn't love the Word. Brother Branham says, you, you love Satan. So you say you love God said, but your life proves you, you hate God. You love Satan. Your lifestyle proves it. See? So they're condemned very justifiably so. Verse 6, set thou a, a wicked man over him. I think I read this in a, in a past uh, one or two sermons ago. I just wanted to revisit it a little bit, or maybe I was teaching it on a Bible study. I don't rightly remember. Set thou a wicked man over him, and let Satan stand at his right hand. So that's a pretty bad place to be because now you're in a court of law. You're in, you're in the heavenly supreme court. The, 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 the earth is over. Armageddon is over. The, the Satan was bound a thousand years. The, the millennium went for a thousand years. And now we're coming back and they're going to, they're going to be, he's going to be loose for a little season and he's going to try to encamp the, re, the camp of the redeemed, going to encircle us because he'll have back all of his armies since the days of Genesis. And you say, why would anybody follow him? Because Brother Branham said, I mean, that's a fair question. Why at the end of the millennium would all these armies, I mean, they've been in hell. And, and the joke's over and it's on them. Why would they follow him again? Thinking, I mean, I would think in my mind, I'm going to run to the king and beg for mercy. I just got out of hell. I'm going to go one more time. Lord, help, please help me. I'll, I'll promise I'll serve you. And instead, they rally with Lucifer to try to kill the lamb again and kill all of his people again. Iniquity knows no bounds. Lawlessness, once you give over to lawlessness, it knows no bounds. You go insane following that spirit. 
Why would the people rise up and, re and be resurrected and follow him again? Because it proves what a prophet taught us. Death changes nothing. The same character you went down with is the same one you raise up with. And they spent a whole lifetime following Lucifer and rejecting God. So it's not strange at all that when they come back to resurrection, they just go right on with what they had always been doing because it seems to them to be the right thing to do. This is how Satan, this is, this is how powerful the spirit of the lawless one is. Amen. Brother Branham says to his denominational brethren, many of them his dear friends, November the 27th, 1963, the world is again falling apart. He'd already preached it one time. He's coming at it again. The world is again falling apart. Brother Branham says, now this is, he's going to show you that what the spirit of lawlessness, this man of sin has done to the minds of people. He says, and different scientists wants to make themselves a great name. Each nation wants to get its brainy man. So now he's in science and education. He's in politics. They, each nation wants to get its brainy man. We want ours. We want the educational system in it. We want a denominationalism. I mean, what hypocrite wouldn't? It'll let you do whatever you want. It'll let you live any way and still call yourself a Christian and still pat you on the head at night and let you go to bed and sleep easy thinking you're fine. And Brother Branham said on that day, there'll be millions of people fodder for an atomic age who thought they were okay. Now watch what Brother Branham exposes about the mind of God. I, this, this blows my mind because I just, I can't hardly get my mind wrapped around it. This is what they wanted. We want an educational system in it. We want a denominationalism. Brother Bram says, that's just exactly what we got. That's what you did. That's what you wanted. That's what God gave you. Now what are you going to do with it after you got it? Because that denominationalism led you to the mark of the beast and now you're trapped. But that's what you wanted. That's what God gave you. Why'd God do that? Because that's what you wanted. See, that's what God gave you. See, now what you going to do with it after you got it? Verse 7, when he shall be judged, let him be condemned and let his prayers become sin. That's an astonishing statement. Could you ever imagine prayer to God could be called sin? But, but you understand, and this is the point I think I made at some point previous teaching somewhere, that when they come in Matthew 7 and they realize that their, their, you know, their, their whole thing of, uh, their whole thing of imp impersonating Christianity was working great in the earth, and so they try that in heaven. Because they, in, in the earth, here's what they said. They're, they're going to be condemned, and they're like, whoa, 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 wait, huh? What do you mean? But well, wait a minute. We, we preached in your name. We did many mighty works. Are you kidding? See? And the king will just say to them there in Matthew 7, it goes along with Matthew 25 and Revelation uh, 17, 18, 19, all the way through there, especially uh, getting over there uh, into 19. 
And you find that, that what, they, what had worked for them in the earth was to impersonate Christianity. So when they get to heaven and they see the bride on the throne and they know they've missed that, but they see the foolish virgin gaining eternal life, even though they didn't show up with it. Then they go, hmm, let's try it again. It worked in the earth. I'll just impersonate Christianity. And they say, we did what they did. We preached. They preached. We preached. They built hospitals. We built hospitals. They did good. We did good. And the king will say to you, yeah, but you're, you did it with iniquity in your hearts. Because that plea, that plea that they're making, that's what a prayer is. That's what praying is. They're, that's why you, you have the, term, the legal term prayer for judgment. That's actually a legal term. A judge can give you, he can find you guilty and just sentence you to prayer for judgment. Meaning you need to go pray and ask God to forgive you. They don't do it anymore, but they used to do it. Probably some old Christian judges still hand it out. My sister got that one time for a speeding ticket. <laughs> and the judge felt, she started crying as girls do. <laughs> and the judge felt sorry for her. And, and <laughs> I hope she's not watching <laughs> And she's just like, I don't have any money. Just take me to jail. Just take me to jail. And the judge is like, get her out of here. Get her out of here. Prayer for judgment. Prayer for judgment. (laughs) She quit crying pretty fast. (laughs) So so it's a prayer. It's a plea. Hey, please. Here's a prayer. Give me eternal life. I see them getting it. Give it to me too. But, but But the king will say to them, He's not denying their works. He's simply saying they don't count because you had iniquity in your heart and you're trying to play me. You're trying to game the system. You can't do it that way, see? So verse 7 is coming to pass. His prayer is sin because he's literally lying in court. He's lying under oath in the courtroom of heaven. Even in the face of the judge himself. The, I'm going to tell you something, friends. The lawless one at the end time has unprecedented control over the minds of fallen humanity. Amen. You're no match for him in your intellectualism. You need to be born again of the Spirit of God. Amen. Only the baptism of the Holy Ghost can help you. Amen. He has unprecedented control over the minds of fallen humanity at the end time. Matthew 7.23, I'm going to read it for you from the ESV. And I'm going to read you several here right out of the ESV. Matthew 7.23, then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Work iniquity. See, so why why am I correlating this? Here's why. Because I, I don't want you to think I'm trying to warn you against an action. I'm trying to warn you against a person. The man of lawlessness who's who's worshipped like God and controlling the minds of men. See? So when he's saying you practice lawlessness, you worked iniquity, you let the, instead of letting the mind of Christ be in you, you let the mind of the lawless one control you. Matthew 13, 41, the son of man will send out his angels and they will gather 
beautiful. Matthew 13, as the church ages perfectly taught on it before. The Son of Man will send out his angels. This is at the end. And they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness. In other words, the King James says, them which do iniquity. Those who, this is, that's why the millennium, I'm not going to have to live with iniquity. <laughs> I'm not going to have to live with lawless people. I'm not going to have to be around that. I'm not going to have to worry about neighbors playing loud music or people drinking and throwing beer bottles in nature. And I can't even enjoy. I can't even go down to the beach and, and I have a right to do it. My father built it. It's for my enjoyment. But half-dressed women pre- prevent me from enjoying my inheritance. I'm not going to have that in the millennium. Brother Branham said, there won't be any bobbed-haired women there. I'll guarantee you that. There won't be any half-dressed females. There won't be any men cursing and drinking and smoking. Thank God. Matthew 23, 28, even so you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside, he's warning these Pharisees, outwardly you appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Matthew 24, 12, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. See, Our King James says iniquity because iniquity will abound. When will it abound? It's always been here. Cain started with iniquity. Where's your brother? How am I supposed to know? Am I my brother's keeper? You liar. You know exactly where he is. How do you know? Because his blood is crying out to me from the ground. Take ownership of what you did. The world is so absent of that. Nobody owns it anymore. Big corporations cheat us all and poison us and kill us and and they pay a fine and they refuse. They won't even admit guilt. They make a deal with the government. We're going to pay out, you know, $50 billion, but we're not admitting guilt. Why are you paying out $50 billion? Well, just to get out of it. See, nobody owns it. Everybody blames somebody. It's not my fault. It's not my fault that I got these complexes and these problems. It's my, it's my parents' fault. Yeah, that's who it is. Oh, it's, oh no, it's my preacher's fault. That's, that's, that's who it is. Well, this happened to me when I was a child, and somebody did, and a spouse did this to me, and a, uh, somebody did that to me, and this is why I can't be an overcomer. Nonsense! You have more than enough power from on high to be free of everything that's contrary to God's word. Oh, we should rejoice over that, friends. We don't have to be bound. If we stay bound, it's because we allow it. Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Paul in Romans 6, 19, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness, this is when you were a sinner, when you presented your members... Your, your sight, your, hand, your, ta- your touch, your taste, your smell, your ears, what you gave yourself to, see? Just as you presented your members as slaves to uncleanness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, the Bible says iniquity unto iniquity, see? So now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. Friends, I, I, I could, I, it'd be amazing to you today, and I'm not even an expert in it, but I, we could have an economics major come up here, and you would be shocked at the power of compounding interest. 
You'd be surprised how compounding interest can keep you in debt forever. You can never get out of it. You can find out how compounding interest can make you a rich person if you, if you, if you follow it logically and sensibly. But the devil knows that. The devil knows that iniquity, if unchecked, leads to more iniquity. Lawlessness, when you follow the lawless man, you become a lawless person. It's compounding interest. And you find yourself 10 years deep as a believer and still bound and trapped. And, and maybe you've got 98% freedom, but there's a one or half or 2% and you feel more trapped now than when you, 10 years ago when you gave your heart to the Lord. Why? It's compounding iniquity. It's iniquity leading towards compounding interest. This is why there's such power, of, there's such overcoming power if you'll just start doing the little things. If you'll just get a prayer life that's consistent. If you just that simple. If you'll just start coming to church whenever the doors are open. If you'll start, if you'll start putting the kingdom of heaven first in your life and let everything else be second, third, and fourth, and fifth on down the line, you'll be shocked. It just won't take long down the road. You'll have so much overcoming power. You'll have so much spirituality. You'll wonder, man, what was I ever thinking? See? That's how it can affect you. Amen. And it's just the opposite when you don't do those little things. 2 Corinthians 6.14, you, you good? Amen. 2 Corinthians 6.14, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. That's pretty clear. I mean, I don't even know how to make that clear. There, there is absolutely... Young sisters, if you're going after a worldly boy, you're insane. Young men, if, you're, if you find that some half-dressed girl is appealing to you and you're going after that, you're insane. You've lost your mind. He says, do not be unequally yoked. Oh, I'm going to lead them to the truth. Not likely. I'm going to win them. Not likely. In the Old Testament, when somebody had a, taking a Nazarite vow and anybody could take one, it's just for a certain time. It didn't mean a lifetime necessarily. People went into a Nazarite vow, man or woman, it didn't matter. And, and if even accidentally something unclean touched them, they were immediately polluted. If even somebody died in, near them and fell and touched them as they fell and hit the ground, they're now polluted. So, so And that's what the prophet asked those priests. He said, if something is clean and it touches something unclean, does the unclean become clean or does the clean become unclean? And they looked in the law and they said, no, whatever's clean, if it touches the unclean, becomes unclean. See? So you know, God doesn't need you to do that. God, has a, God knows who your divine mate is in the world. And if you just stay humble, God will bring them to you. Stay a Christian. Stay in prayer. Keep the Holy Ghost over you. You'll attract the right one. Without it, you'll attract the wrong one. The lawless man will see to that. That's free. It's not in my notes. <laughs> no charge. <laughs> Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with lawlessness? The King James says, what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? They're polar opposites. 
2 Thessalonians 2, 7, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. That's the bride going in the rapture. See, that, that's warnings. Now, there's also a prophecy here and among many. Here's one that I picked out in Hebrews 1, 9 because this is to the elect in prophecy. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. How many would say me, Paul, right here? Thank you, Paul. That's me. I have loved righteousness. I have hated lawlessness. I've made mistakes, but I hated it and I repented. I haven't been perfect, but I sure didn't stay there. I found an altar somewhere. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't function. I had to repent. Why do you keep doing that? Because I hate lawlessness. I love righteousness. Therefore, because you did that, therefore your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions, more than your fellows, more than your peers, more than your school chums, more than your work associates. God has poured oil of gladness on you. Why? Because you loved righteousness. That, that, this text, do you realize this text is migrating to flesh? Do you realize that's coming to pass? A worthy bride is being materialized in real time. Hallelujah. By the word. I just say, take that devil. Do your, do your best. Do your worst. However, however you want to say it. But I know this. These words are becoming material in me. This word is migrating and a, a bride is being materialized in real time. Say, what's life all about? You're being materialized. Why are we still here? You're being materialized. Why has it been this long? Because you're still being materialized. What's going to happen when, when I get fully materialized? It's over. We go home, friends. The dead in Christ rise. We which are alive and remain are changed. See, this is the time of the unsealing. This is the time of the unsealing. Can I have 15 more minutes? This this kingdom time, this breaking of the seals to reveal the, uh, the mighty God and to reveal his family, to expose the man of sin, the man of lawlessness, to separate light from darkness so the bride can see where she's going so that an earth in darkness and gross darkness upon people, we still have a way. We still have a, uh, we still have a perfect, perfect guiding star that's leading us home. See, now in the first exodus, let me, let me take a, I'm going to turn a corner here. In the first exodus, when Israel's leaving Egypt, God's family, you say, what, what's so important about Brother Branham's saying the kingdom is coming as it has been. And he correlates it to materialization. He correlates it to a leukemia case, a leukemia girl or a boy, and another case of a little girl. And so he's, he, the, the, the kingdom coming is not a metaphor. It's not poetic license. It's an announcement of something happening in real time. It's something materializing. And so then when we go back, you say, so then this is why Brother Brandon would preach the, the third exodus because there's a first one, there's a second one, and there's a third one. And the first one was Israel coming out of Egypt. The second one was when Jesus came out of the tomb. And the third one is when the dead in Christ rise and we are changed and go home. See? 
So when we go back, so Brother Branham wants to show the pattern. This is, this is what you'll see at the time of the kingdom. Because in the first exodus, God's family was leaving to become a kingdom of saints in the earth. That was the whole purpose. That's why God called Abraham and told him he'd have seed after him. That's why Israel was established as a nation. God took Israel as a holy people, peculiar, chaste people, and he dropped them right down in the big middle of heathen nations all around them. Now that's what the millennium is going to be. It's going to be Jerusalem becoming what it was intended to be in the first place. It's going to become the bastion of righteousness and holiness. And here's where the administration of God's laws and righteousness spread throughout the world. That was what Israel was supposed to do. They were leaving in the first exodus. They were leaving Egypt. They were leaving the world to establish a kingdom of saints in the earth to be an example of all the heathen nations around them, which they failed to do. That's why God sent them into captivity. Amen. See? Now, here, here's, I, I said all that just to background. Here, here's, some, here's what Brother Branham brought us and the token. Because people for 2,000 years had been in churches. And for 2,000 years, people had been preaching and Christianity spreading around the world. And Brother Branham has the audacity to come up and, and here's the work of, here's men and denominations, the culmination of hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. In some cases, more than a thousand years of work. And Brother Branham is saying, all that was great during the ages. But now that the seals have been opened, there's another step. And if you want to go in the rapture, you're going to have to go to this next step. See? All, now watch this. All Israelite, all of them, all Israelite families in the first exodus had circumcised fathers and sons. So they had the mark of, of circumcision, of being a Jew, just like, just like people sit in, mess, in, in Christian churches and say, I'm a Christian. And Brother Branham says, you're, you're, just, you're admiring the fine qualities of Jesus. It's just a mental affair. Who wouldn't admire the fine qualities of Jesus? A gentle, truthful man who went about doing good? Who, doesn't want to be, who wouldn't want to be like that? See? And had powers of heaven at his command, and, and you know, and, and he, he saved the whole world. So who's not going to admire him? But Brother Bram said it's still just a mental thing. It doesn't really, you're not really allowing him to come in and change your heart. That's why he came. That's what the Holy Ghost is given for. Not to have you join a church or keep a code, but to change your heart. See? So, well, I go to church. I'm a Christian. Well, all, all Israel, all their fathers and sons are circumcised. They all had, all of them had Abraham as their forefather. So here they are, circumcised males, a bloodline right back to Abraham, absolutely dead to rights, full legal rights to the covenant. Amen. Amen. Case closed, is it? But for the exodus, 
There had to be a fresh kill of a perfect lamb and that blood had to be put on display for the worldly Egypt to see. So you could claim Christianity all day long at the third exodus, but millions are going to find themselves fodder for an atomic age because they didn't have the token. Yes, they said, we believe in Jesus. And yes, they said in Christian churches. And yes, they sung gospel songs mostly sometimes. Yes, they had Bibles that they read from. But with Brother Branham try, tried to implore them to say, but if you don't have the token, you're not going to make it. Amen. See? So, so it was fine to be an Israelite, being lineage of Abraham, being circumcised dads and sons. But for the exodus, now it's coming to the kingdom. You get me? Now it's, it's not the ages. Now it's coming to the kingdom part where you've got, you've got a, a, a bride's time, a harvest time, a bride's age that's happening in the same last age, not an eighth age, but within the seventh age. Because the, the Laodicean age was the very shortest one of all. They rejected Christ long ago and put Christ out and our seals were open and a prophet called us out of there. That age is done and never reviving again. This is the time of the bride who has the word and the word only. See, this is kingdom time. So you can't just sit in a church, not even a message church. You can't have Brother Jason as a pastor. It wouldn't do you any good. You gotta have the token. It won't, it won't get you in heaven just pushing play, though you should push it every day. But even that won't get you in a rapture. You've gotta have the token. They had to be identified with the lamb or, Brother Branham said, the unconditional covenant was annulled. See, Brother Branham says, now, the second exodus. And the, the Bible says, when Jesus came, the bodies, many, doesn't say all, many of the bodies of the saints which slept arose and at his resurrection and went in with him. But you notice it didn't say all. See, now here we are at the second exodus. Now it's the time of the kingdom. Jesus is getting ready to establish his kingdom in the earth, you know, in, in, in 50 days. He's going to establish the kingdom. Pilate asked him, are you a king? He says, my, if, my, if I was a king, my subjects would fight for me. They're not here yet. They will be, and then they'll fight. They'll take a stand. But right now, I'm all alone. That's the way it's, it's by design. But now the kingdom is coming at the resurrection. The Holy Ghost is only 50 days out now waiting for Pentecost. That's 50. That's Jubilee. And so Brother Branham comes here to the, to the second exodus and watch what he says. This is that elected, that bride. When it says many of the bodies of the saints which slept arose. Not all, but many. See, Brother Branham says there is that elected, that bride, the Old Testament bride. Not all the Jewish church come forth at that time. All them, now watch, all of them made the same sacrifice. All of them was under the shed blood of the lamb, but there was an elected group and that elected group, as soon as that event come, that really believed in it with sincerity. Now I'm coming to the word overcome. This is from how can I overcome? 
He, he, now hold that, see. These that had really overcome, sincerely making the same offering that the rest of them made, but in sincerity overcome the things of the world. Not everybody at the time of the rapture that saith, Lord, Lord, will go in the rapture. See, when the propitiation correctly was made for them, they were in paradise until that, until that play at that time. When that time was made, they had overcome and was resting, sleeping. See, many bodies of those that slept in the dust, see, slept. Now we come to the third exodus. So now you can see it's going to take a, it's, those, those Jews in the first exodus had to have the sincerity to say, yes, I'm, uh, yes, I have a lineage to Abraham and yes, I have circumcision, but a prophet has said I got to have a token on display and I'm going to be sincere and do it. Wow. And, when they, and because they did it, they came out of the tomb on the second exodus Amen. with him. Now the third is upon us. It's, on, it's upon us, friends. The third exodus is here. That's made clear under the opening of the seven seals. See, because it identified the mighty God among us. It unveiled him, revealed his elect family. And what, what, what is she called to? She's called to the feast of the word. Now watch. In the last days, he sent out this invitation. He's, he's preaching all through the gospels about his coming kingdom. And he, he comes to Luke 14. Let's find that, Ethan. Luke 14. I got to hurry. I promised you I got four minutes to try to finish. So he says in Luke 14, we'll start somewhere down because um, Jesus is teaching on humility and he goes down and don't take the upper chamber, wait till you be asked and, or you get embarrassed and he goes down. Um, um, uh, verse 15, Ethan. And now Jesus finishes his sermon on humility and this man speaks up and says, and when one of them sat, that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto him, blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Now when he makes that statement and he references the kingdom of God, Jesus, how blessed it will be for the man that breaks bread with you in the kingdom of God. Jesus turns and begins to teach. Then said he unto him, now this is kingdom. This is you. This is now. This is right now. This is what the message is. Then he said to them, a certain man made a great supper and bade many and he sent his servant at supper time. At supper time to say to them that were bidden, come for all things are now ready. You believe that? And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I bought a piece of ground. I must needs go and see it. I pray thee have me excuse. So here's a man letting business and commerce keep him out of the kingdom of God. My, and another said, I bought five yoke of oxen. I go to prove them. I pray have me excused. Another said, I've married a wife. Now, now, now domestic, now family. I got a job. I got a career. I got an education. I, you know, I got to do this and I got to do that. And I, I got this to be a part of and that to be a part of. And I, I just don't have time to come to a feast. But the feast you're declining is the feast of the word. Say, so why is that so important? Because it's this word as you eat and you become what you eat is materializing. Amen. Hallelujah. So if you're only feeding on the world, you're going to materialize the world. It's that simple. Amen. Verse 22, verse 21. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. 
The master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. Servant said, I mean, listen, friends, when I look at that 21st verse, the, the, the only way that I know to cover all the streets and lanes and alleys and homes and places all over the world is with the modern technology we have today. And that's why we leverage it. That's why we use it. Because when, the, when this gospel, not, you see, when Jesus said, when this gospel, so it's not the, not the limited version of the gospel in the ages. It's the original. When that gospel is restored and preached in all the world, then cometh the end. And that's where we're at, friends, where we're spreading this gospel, not a watered-down church-age gospel, but the original faith of the fathers. And the serpent said, verse 22, and the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there's room. And the Lord said unto his servant, go out into the highways and hedges. Compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. This word supper is a Greek word that means the chief meal of the Jews. Greeks and Romans taken at or towards evening and often prolonged into the night, hence usually an evening banquet. Yeah, this is why we've been here so long, friends. This is why we're still here because this banquet of the word has been going around the world for more than 60 years and it's run late into the night and it's run late into the evening, but it's still the evening meal and we're still partaking of it. Don't worry, joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. Oh my, as she becomes more and more, this bride, as she becomes more and more a living mystery, you realize it literally causes the sleeping saints to resurrect? Oh, yeah. Cause them to resurrect. And we who are still here and slugging it out with the devil, this word becomes a living tabernacle of flesh. That's me. Is that you today? This word literally becomes a living tabernacle of flesh. Why? Because I'm slugging it out with the devil. Oh, many of them have already gone ahead of us. They're already resting. I'm still here slugging it out. Say, what are you going to be doing tomorrow? Slugging it out. Why are you at church today? I'm learning some new moves. I, I'm going to put them on the devil tomorrow. You're going to step up and going to pop him. I'm here to tell you I'm going to fight him and fight him and fight him until the saints come out and we which are alive and remain are changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. That's what the kingdom uh, uh, is trumpeting to us. That's what the seals were open for. That's the coming of the Lord that you have arrived at. It's been in motion for more than half a century. The kingdom is coming, a prophet said, as it has been. I'm so thankful to be a believer. I just say, Lord, you know, I, 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 was, I was the other day, I was, and I'll, I'll just stop here. Let's give you a little testimony. The other day, I was up early. I was studying and thinking about things, and um, Sister Debbie, I think, was awake. I'd, she gets coffee in bed every morning, and so I brought her her hot coffee. I have to heat it because the, the coffee bar don't make it hot enough for her. And so I 
give her a coffee, give her a morning squeeze, ask her how she slept, turn on her little fireplace and close her door so I can go back in there and sit some more in the quiet morning. And I started thinking and I started talking to the Lord and I, and I just said, Lord, you know, at, at, at the end of the day, I, 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 you know, I, I don't always find myself at the levels of victory like I envision. Seems like I ought to be further ahead. Seems like I ought to be stronger than I am. Do you get, do you get that, friends? You get that? Surely I'm not the only one. You know, I'm always fighting this perpetually, perpetually. If I'm not careful, the devil, I'll let the devil get a, a upper hand on me and discourage me. I'm always fighting this spirit of, uh, this, this feeling of underachieving, underachieving, always underachieving. And, and there's a balance to that. And I realize I pray all the time, ask the Lord to help me with that. And this was one of those mornings where he decided to come help me. <laughs> and I, I was just saying, well, Lord, all I know is, and I'm crying and I'm trying to, trying to feel better about myself. And I said, Lord, all I know is that the Bible says that if I've, at the end of it all, if I've done everything that has been asked of me, I am to say, I am the Lord's unprofitable servant. Because that's humility. No matter what you accomplish, brothers, sisters, young people, no matter what you accomplish, remember, if you've done everything that's been asked of you, your last will and testimony shall be, I was the Lord's unprofitable servant. Jesus led me all the way. <laughs> Hallelujah. I look back over my life. I regret my mistakes and I regret and I just say, Lord, I'm just your unprofitable servant. And the Lord just began to talk to me and say, yeah, it, it was, that, that's by design. And I thought, what, what, huh? What's by design? So what, do you honestly think you could ever repay me for all I've done for you? You're, you're always going to be an, an, an unprofitable investment for me. You were never going to be equal. I, I was never going to get back my investment. I, I poured out my whole life and blood for you. You can't, you can't begin to equal the price I paid for you. I was always, and I thought, you mean I, I was always going to be an unprofitable servant? <laughs> and the Lord said, of course. Said, of course. Said, you're, you're not an investment to me. I love you. And I thought to myself, and I ran in there, I told my wife, and I started crying. She started crying. And I said, you know, I thought about this. I thought how much I love my wife. And I thought, yeah, my, my wife, I don't grade her. She, she's, not a, she's not an investment. I love her. I go out and I, I spend money and resources buying her stuff. You know why? So I can see that smile. I, it's not about an investment. It's not a balance sheet. She's not a prospectus. I'd have spent double to see that smile. I'd have spent triple to see that smile. Hallelujah. This, this isn't a report card. This is a marriage license. You are always going to be unprofitable. You never could repay him. All you can do, why don't you do it with me? Stand to your feet and raise up your hands and say, Lord, I'm yours. My whole heart, my whole life, I'm yours. I can never repay you. But take what I am, oh God, and help me and use me. Oh, is that your desire, Bethel Tabernacle? Is that your desire, friends? Oh, it's a love affair. It's not about, I'm not, I'm not being graded. I'm not being graded. I'm not, I'm not a ROI. I'm not a return on investment. 
He loved me. He loves you. Yeah, you'll never equal it. You'll always be an underachiever. But I'm going to give you the message he gave me. That's by design. So at the end of the day, now I'm going to say on resurrection morning, I was the Lord's unprofitable servant. And now I'm going home. Hallelujah. Oh, let's raise up our hands and thank him, Lord. We thank you this morning. How we worship you, oh God. We adore you for your truth, oh God. Oh, your majesty takes our breath away, Lord. So glorious. What a plan. When I think about redemption, I say, my goodness, what a plan. What a plan. Who could have come up with it except a God? It would have taken a God with an infinite mind who could literally account for everything, leave nothing, leave no way for me to be lost. No way for me to miss it. Seal me in. Sealed in by the Holy Ghost. I'll never come into the judgment, Lord. I am your unprofitable servant and I've never been more happy in my whole life. I thank you for these things, Lord. I thank you that it's love. I thank you that it's love. I thank you that your throne is established in mercy. Oh, while all, all heads are bowed and all eyes are closed, I wonder if there's somebody here today and maybe you haven't known the Lord in the way that I'm preaching today and you'd like to say, preacher, I'm gonna raise up my hand and say, I wanna know him that way. There are some honest hearts. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. That's honest hands. God sees that, friend. Say, I've always felt, I, I know I'm his unprofitable servant. I just want to be more for him. Oh, just be more for him. God will do the doing. You just be the being. Oh, master, your hands up everywhere. Father, I pray for this church. I pray for these people. Myself, all of those on the internet, Lord. I know hands went up over the airwaves right now. We commit ourselves to you in this 2023. We didn't expect to be here. Lord, we didn't expect to be here, but here we are. And oh God, however much time we have left, if I'm still here next year and the next and the next, then I'll just keep serving you and I'll keep faithful and I'll stay a believer and I'll march to Zion. I'll stretch and press and strain for the prize, that mark of the high calling. I pray, Lord God, that for every hand that went up, Lord, that you will bring them closer, closer to your image, Lord. I pray for the families, Lord, that are traveling that couldn't be here, Lord. I pray for those on the internet. I pray for everybody in this building. I pray, Lord, I pray for those who could have been here easily and aren't here today, should have been here, should have had their families in the house of God, don't, but should have. I pray for them, Lord God. I pray you have mercy on them. Give them an extra measure because they're going to need it. I pray, Master. Pray you will grant it. We don't say these things to be hard, but as shepherd, I have to warn people. Lord, sometimes it comes across harsh. I don't mean it to be that way. Father, help us. We're just, we're just sinners saved by grace. Oh, if it wasn't for you, Lord, I was born in sin come into the world as a liar and a sinner and was on my way to hell and nothing I could do about it if you hadn't came and caught me. Oh, Lord, we love you today. We thank you for your word. I thank you for these people. I lift them up to you today and ask you, Lord, for your great mercy.
Be upon us as a church. Be upon our families. Be upon our young people, Lord God. Heal our sick, Father. Deliver our oppressed and afflicted, I pray. Give us fresh surge of the Holy Spirit. That's what was prophesied to come, a fresh surge of the Holy Ghost. May it be our portion today, O oh God, as we look for it. And, and, and as we look for it, we also don't overlook it, lest we, lest we forget that God hides and reveals in simplicity. We thank you for this wonderful day. We commit it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing, brother. By human hands, you're not a God dependent. That's right. On any mortal man. That's right. You are not a God in need of anything. Anything we can give by your plan. That's just the way it is. You are God alone. From before time began, oh, you are on your throne. Sing it. You are God alone. Right now. And right now. In the good times and the bad. Oh, you are on your throne. You are God alone. Changeable.
as it finds its mark in the heart of your family. The enemy's a liar, Lord. Put him, expose him as such to your family. We thank you for it, Lord. We commit it to you now. And everything that was heard today is committed to the Holy Spirit. Shape us, mold us, bring us into that perfect image. Let the text be materialized. Lord, may we be materialized as the tabernacle of the living God. Commit it to you in Jesus' name. Turn around and shake hands, friends, with somebody near you. God bless you. It's been happy to... Happy to have you here. Wonderful to be in the house of God. To our visitors, make sure you make them feel welcome. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere.